Hey everyone, and welcome to Talking ELT, the easiest place to learn about the big trends in language teaching. Today, we're continuing our conversation about self-regulated learning with Nathan, Hayo, and Fleur. Last episode, we touched on the way that school managers, policymakers, and institutions play a role in supporting, and sometimes hindering, learners' abilities to self-regulate. This time, I want to continue the conversation and explore the reasons why schools have sometimes struggled to promote self-regulated learning. So, when we're looking at the broader picture and and the role that um that institutions have in supporting in supporting self-regulation, um, what what barriers are there? Why why have these problems arisen? I think the easy one to point a finger at is standardized testing. Um, okay, and that's not because. I think that standardized testing is is unnecessary or something like that. I, I do believe that we need some kind of assessment practices and some way to evaluate whether whether learning is taking place or not. But I think that in in many or most contexts, standardized tests have too much of a prominent role. Okay. And the test is on very specific types of knowledge and focuses a lot on the product of learning and not on the process, as right. we talked about yeah. before. Mm. Um, of course, that's there's a whole lot of ideas and how to how to um, innovate standardized testing and that sort of thing, which we, we don't really have time to get into that much today. But um, I think for me, that's that's the mm. the, the main issue that I, yeah, I believe we're dealing. You're with. right. If that were to change suddenly, I think you'd find institutions would be more willing to embrace it, because if it's not tested, then there'll always be a sense of, well, do we really need it? Mm. Yeah. It's just a nice fluffy thing that you can do on the side and it doesn't really matter. Mm. Absolutely. And, and actually it does in the real world. It, it, this this stuff really does matter. Yeah, and it's really interesting to see the mismatch because I, I regularly look at these sorts of, you know, national or regional policy documents and quite often they, they do actually... Uh, mention, mm. even if they don't use the specific term self-regulated, self-regulated learning. For example, in Japan, it, there's talk of active learning, right? Which basically, when you look at it in detail, essentially is the kinds of things that we're talking about. So the, the Ministry of Education in Japan wants teachers to help learners become active learners. So that sounds, you know, very promising. But then in, in that particular country and many other countries in the region, uh, the testing regime is such that um, individual teachers are, well, that that's difficult to actually make happen in the classroom because my learners are not going to be prepared for for the tests and I really I think we actually mentioned this example in the in the the paper and, uh, is the idea of for example self assessment which of course is a, a a key skill of you know a self regulated learners the ability to take a step back ask yourself hey this is what I set out to learn how am I doing I'm actually making progress am I achieving my goals etc. Well, that that in some ways goes against what a uh, a standardized um, you know test is is about. So if that my ability to assess my own learning is not recognized, if I don't receive any credit or recognition for that, you know what I mean. So it, it's really challenging for teachers and and schools for institutions mm. to then make it work somehow. Mm. Yeah, I think so, because self-assessment is something that a lot of schools are, are keen on, but but just within the confines of the classroom and, and yeah. where it stays and doesn't go any further. Yeah. And it should go further. Yeah, yeah, it needs to be more of a holistic mm. skill. That makes a lot of sense. But given that we have this issue, maybe we can, you know, because that that's kind of a, a downer, isn't it? It's kind of <laughs> it's like, okay, well, that's terrible, so what are we going to do about it? I guess, you know, given that we all 
and anyone listening or, or watching and and us here, all of us teach work within certain constraints, right? Yes. Nobody has unlimited time, unlimited resources, and exactly. you know what exactly. So th this is simply one of the the constraints that many of us face. And I guess the question uh, that um, teachers, many teachers, have is, well, how can we how can we best navigate it? We can't we can't we can wish it away, but that's not going to change anything. So for now, we're in this environment. What can we do to overcome that? Right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think touching on the idea before we, I think it was I made the distinction between focusing on product and process, mm. and how most standardized testing is is just about product. Um, but I think again linking to some of the ideas that we discussed before about a, an, a learner role model, for example, or a mm. successful student to come in and and to share maybe how they achieve their success by focusing on the process slightly more carving out a bit of time for it i think the product will naturally improve as well so it's it's not the idea of no one's suggesting that we don't need testing or that standardized testing should be thrown out the window and we should only focus on learners reflections on their own learning i think there's a balance to be had there and i don't think it's a clear dichotomy i think they feed into each other a focus on process improves product and i mm. think mm. absolutely yeah. yeah well said yeah, that's a that's a balance. I think we should be striving for, mm. and a bit of peer to peer coaching. I find good as well. You know, mm. if you get somebody who's better at the subject, pair them up for a bit, and they can talk through areas that the other person's struggling with. Um, that's something that works well as well. Yeah, and just just continuing on uh, the same issue, I think, uh, and again, this is where the framework probably will come in handy because you can ask questions about each of the three different levels so you can you can ask as a school or as an individual teacher i suppose you can say well in in our country in our region what are the expectations and you might say well look it talks about term x but actually we could implement that we can make that happen in our in our particular school by doing these different things so for example active learning can involve self-reflection or learners monitoring their own progress etc so it but it's recognizing that it is actually uh out there that it's actually that you're being asked to do it because a lot of times we don't recognize what what is being um, said or uh, demanded especially in in those types of, of documents because most teachers don't normally go out and you know read you know 100 page policy documents for fun but if you do as a school um, figure out uh, what some of the uh, what some of the expectations are and if you can if you can attune them to what you as a community actually aspire to, uh, then that gives you some leeway to make some changes mm. while still conforming to the, the existing requirements, if that makes sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and I, th I think, again, just it, it's interesting, we keep, we're kind of, just like the model that, that we've proposed in the paper, we're, we're coming back and forth between, yes. you know, higher and, you know, more macro and micro levels. From, mm. Between managerial, societal and pedagogical teacher yeah. exactly yeah yeah to, to put it back into the classroom now even something like self-reflection can be assessed and I, i've argued this in, in several presentations recently where you know we're, we're not if, for a learner reflecting on a task for example who's who's documenting the process that they went through in order to complete that task what is the depth of their reflection you know as, as, as someone who's who's assessing their reflection it's not whether or not they were self-regulated all the time or they use the most effective strategies but 
But what is that engagement with the reflection process like? Are they able to describe it in detail? Are they able to be critical of their own learning practices? Mm-hmm. And and so that that's an interesting. I don't know. Maybe maybe that is a dichotomy that I'm proposing now. But that even something like self reflection can be assessed mm-hmm. from a slightly different perspective. Yes, for sure. Absolutely, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, as you say. We 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 keep jumping between the different levels, which is a good thing, right? Um, because that's what we what we argue for in in the paper is that that all of these different levels need mm-hmm. to come together. So going back up the the model again a little bit, that the institutional level and and by extension the managerial level, I think uh, what organizations, schools, universities, whatever the case may be, can do really to support teachers and learners is be clear about what is expected, and and you know set clear guidelines and goals, expectations around such things like self-regulated learning. Because in many cases, um, an individual teacher, especially maybe someone who is new to a particular school or certainly a part-time teacher, you know, a lot of teachers work for three, four, five different institutions. Um, it's difficult to know what exactly we're working towards, yeah. right? Fine. And some schools have slogans or vision statements or mission statements. But you'll be amazed, and I've done some research on this myself, how little shared knowledge and understanding there is of what a particular organization actually stands for, what Mm -hmm. it wants to achieve, and how powerful it can be when people do have a shared understanding and when they do actively work together to manifest that aspiration. And so if we look at something like self-regulated learning, if a school says, well, yeah, we really, really want to prepare our learners for future learning, you know, we want our learners to be ready for the workplace, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Now, if you're a manager, if you're a leader, head of department, curriculum developer, whatever the case may be, you say, okay, great. Now, let's make sure that we communicate that mm-hmm. to all the different stakeholders, you know, teachers, yes. uh, parents, maybe um, support staff, etc. So there's a lot of, of benefit that can come from just simply clarifying and communicating what the aspirations are. Well, you're yeah. turning words into actions, isn't it? Because otherwise you've got a mission statement and you think, well, and so what? Yeah. You know, yeah. what does that mean now in, in reality? Yeah. What are we going to do with it? Well, I think I think this actually touches on an interesting point because we've talked a lot about um at this top level we've got we've got managers, we've got institutions, we've got national policies um which may want may have a vision for or may want to implement self-regulated learning and help learners become more autonomous. And you've got at the pedagogical level teachers trying to do the same thing. Um and I suppose one of the questions which comes up is, um, and I think I think we've already touched on this a little bit, but it would be great to get some more depth on it. Um, how can these two levels work together and close the loop to to really make sure that learners are developing these skills? Oh, that's the that's the question, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me attempt uh, a beginning of an answer, and then we can all chip in. But well, when when you get lost, one of us will take over. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say that uh, although there's many many possible answers to these questions and many possible entry points. Managers, and by that term I mean really sort of those who mediate between the the, the person at the chalk face and the wider organization, right? So it could be a direct uh, line manager or, or, uh, you know, head of department or a principal or what have you. People in those types of positions who are usually there for longer than perhaps the part-time teachers or the relief Mm -hmm. teachers who may come and go, have... Uh, uh, an extra responsibility to both be informed about what happens at the pedagogical level yep. and then communicate that to the different stakeholders across the organization and vice versa. So, for example, if 
Nathan is on our team and he's doing some really interesting things with assessing learners' ability to monitor their own progress or set meaningful goals, etc., well, then that shouldn't stay in, in, in Nathan's classroom. If, the, if that aligns with our institutional, our school's, uh, you know, aspirations, then that is something that should be, um, you know, shared across the wider team. And, of course, also the other way around from, you know, what happens in other parts of the organization, um, you know, to, to the classroom. Yeah, absolutely, because I can think of teachers who've been really good and I thought, oh. I didn't think of that. <laughs> you know, and you, sometimes you find out about it by accident and think, oh, I should have been doing that. And then you sort of make a note thinking, oh, yes, I could do that as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if there's something more systematic for sharing good practice, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. would really help. Yeah, and I think there's a, there's a fine balance there uh, between engaging in interaction with teachers and people at the managerial level and monitoring and micromanaging Yes. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the important thing to emphasize, at least you know, from my perspective, is that interaction taking place and that it's not reporting to us at the end of each term about your success stories or what you've done, but it's just an ongoing mm-hmm. discussion that can start at a very grassroots level with teachers. Um, it can, and then it can you know, go up to a departmental level and maybe you know, sharing different ideas. And mm-hmm. just like we always emphasize um, you know, pair work and learning from yeah. a peer, mm-hmm. this is learning from a teacher peer. You know, mm-hmm. It's the same mm-hmm. kind of strategy sharing and awareness. And, um, and that is in interaction with those at slightly higher levels as well. So it's not a, it's not a monitoring and, okay, I, mm-hmm. oh no, I need to create a success story no, that I can share at no, the exactly. meeting next week. It's... it's it's organic. It should be organic. That's one way to kill it off, isn't it, if you yeah. do that? Right. Um. Definitely. <laughs> the, the flip side of that, of course, is also that there is a responsibility and onus on the organization, and especially those at the managerial level, to provide support of course, to teachers. Yeah. It's not mm-hmm. just you know, communicating, but it's also providing proactively providing teachers with, well, maybe some time, maybe some training, maybe some feedback, maybe some, you know, having maybe a buddy system, you know, Nathan's very good at this. Okay, Fleur, maybe, you know, you can work together, mentoring, coaching, you know. You can um, help me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so th- there's, there's, there's a, uh, a responsibility on the organization, you know, to, to really um, title together, I suppose, is to for a, an organization to be successful at supporting self-regulated learning or the development of self-regulated learning, ideally, the organization needs to be itself a self-regulated mm. learner or yeah. learning organization, right? Which means that it itself and all the people in it need to have systems in place to set clear goals, mm. to monitor what's going on, to monitor progress, to assess you know, whether or not mm. it's actually achieving its goals, right? And so I th- that's a really interesting, it's almost a philosophical conundrum or mismatch that you sometimes see. You see individuals, whether they be managers or teachers or, you know, materials designers, working really hard on trying to achieve these goals. But the organization isn't actually operating in the same way. Yeah. No, well, <laughs> well, direction's got to come from the top, isn't it? I mean, that's key, or else you will always have disparate bits of good practice and but nothing as a coherent whole so yeah i think that is the key thing yeah aligning that vision with the Mm, practice mm. and keeping that engagement in dialogue i think Mm. is kind of the main point of emphasis for me in all of this yeah it it builds over time a self-sustaining community right because if we're now 
regularly communicating with each other. We're collaborating. We're supporting each other. And managers actually providing support. The organization offers some time for me to you know, do this. Uh, then that will change all sorts of practices and expectations, for example, on, on you know, something as, as uh, practical as, as hiring new staff. Because now when we're looking for a new teacher, we're not just asking, you know, how many years teaching experience do you have? But also, are you actually able and can you show some evidence of your ability to prepare learners for lifelong learning, for example, yeah. right? Because yeah. that's what we do here. That's, mm-hmm. that's part of, of who we are. And then what you get is a, a self-sustaining and educationally sustainable cycle. Yeah, that's so important. That's so important. There's a, there's a big push for teaching statements and what is your teaching philosophy. And I think it's maybe a potential uh, reframing of that is, is, you know, here is our philosophy. And as you said, yes. this is what we do in very simple yeah. terms. You know, this is what we do here. And yeah. is your philosophy in, assi- in, in alignment with ours or, or can yeah. it be? You know, I think, again, if, it's, if we're talking about new teachers, or especially teachers in their first few years applying for positions, maybe they don't have that all worked out philosophically in a statement that they can present very clearly in an interview or, or in a, in a job application. Um, but are they willing, are they willing to, to attempt to bring themselves into that kind of alignment with the greater aims of the organization? And well, mm. I mean, just a slight pushback there. I think actually, uh, this type of thinking and reflection offers opportunities for young or new teachers, uh, where they usually are, shall we say, somewhat disadvantaged compared with more senior, more experienced teachers. Because as a, a new recruit or a new applicant, you're not going to compete against somebody who's got 20 years of teaching experience, right? No. You're not going to be able to uh, outperform that person on the, the job application process. However, if you have a, uh, even if it's still a developing and emerging, but if you have a clear personal set of convictions and ideas and beliefs, and if you're able to communicate those, then a prospective employer can say, yeah, y- you would fit in very nicely. You might not quite have the, the years of experience that we'd ideally like, but yeah, you, you would be a good fit for our community. Mm. Right, yeah, I totally agree. And um, I'm not sure that was pushback, actually. I think we're kind of speaking <laughs> on the same thing, to be honest. You know, it's, it's that, you know, even that person without the experience and maybe they don't have the, the terms to relate what they're doing and what they're interested in, but... If that if if it's clear at the institutional level, and can that person you know come into alignment with that? Mm. And I think all of that comes back to what Fleur said earlier about when you have these mission statements and these philosophies as a as a school and as an individual teacher, it's about then coming up with policies and processes and approaches that put them into action. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talking ELT, the easiest place to learn about the big issues in language teaching. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you want to learn more about this issue and others like it. You can also get practical advice and resources on this topic by downloading our position paper. Just follow the link in the description.